0: League away wins in four days and what's that two clean sheets as well welcome to the raw milk podcast let's have it There we go, raw milk two, the second raw milk podcast, and we're live. We'll go from there. How are you doing, Gibby? Or should I call you uh, Lord Gibson the Fourth of Hunk? Or after all the abuse you've been getting over the last week?
1: Yeah, I think you're referring to poshgate there, aren't you? The uh, the elocution scandal. It's been a talking point. Yeah, it has indeed. Uh, like you say, I've uh, I've taken some time out. I've, uh, I've been down the mine, contracted a bit of rickets. So hopefully we'll. <laughs> We'll come across a bit better today, I think. I think it's a consequence of spending all your day doing Zoom calls and uh, you know phone calls for work.
0: You can't switch off. Of course, it is. It's your phone voice. That, that's been a joke. That's been a joke for years, hasn't it? You it rate your answer the phone and go, "Hello." That's it. That's, that's what it. Is. Don't take any notice of it, mate. In these days of mental health and uh, yeah. being aware of those well, things, people. I don't want to give the game away about my secret fortune, but uh, it's out there now. So What many people don't know is Gibby is a character. It's True. Callum Gibson and Gibby are two different things. Yeah, Callum Gibson, Esquire, MBA. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, right, there we go then. So we are recording 19th of November, Thursday night, uh, nearly two weeks since we recorded the first one. And just a, like to say a massive thanks really to everybody who's uh, listened to it, uh, liked, commented, Reviewed and told you, uh, told your mates about it. We we really really appreciate it, and we've we've got a really good response actually. And it, it seems like people enjoyed the first one, so hopefully that can continue. Uh, do you think you've got newfound fame? Well, I'm, I won't say that, but uh, let's
1: just say I've been invited to open a few shops in the Iron Yeah, of course. <laughs> 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 I,
0: don't, I don't think shops have been opening in Dale. Well, that's long the time. That's that's the unrealistic <laughs> bit there. Yeah, that. Um,
1: (laughs) But yeah, it seems to have been received well, and uh, as you said, uh, thanks to all the people who've who've downloaded or listened in whatever capacity they have done. Um, You know,
0: yeah, very, very good. Uh, And we've got more than we thought as well. Actually, you know, we're a small club, but fan base have really got behind it as of yet. So fair play to them. Can't really go off YouTube views because I think there's about two hundred and fifty. But like I said, two hundred and thirty must be me. I think going through it that's it. so won't look into it too much right last time we spoke about drinking are you drinking tonight uh only a bit of the uh
1: the council pop on oh, another school yeah
0: night. yeah school night i mean i wasn't gonna but I, I was feeling a bit stressed with work earlier so i've just got a, a tiny tiny little glass of leftover red wine you brought the good seal. for the heart apparently isn't it good for the heart i say you brought the seal you're in there now it's all I've got in the house though, so there's no way I can Onto the cooking sherry. Very much. Exactly. I've got I have actually got some cooking white wine that I could use, but it's been <laughs> open for about four weeks. Uh, so we discussed drinking last time, so I thought this tonight, what have you had for your tea?
1: What have you had for my tea? Oh it's a
0: bit laid back today with the old egg on toast. A bloody hell fire. Yeah, time times are hard. <laughs> it's not, not even not end as, of not month. as
1: not as pasta crack. Not as pasta crack on.
0: <laughs> mythos this time, and that's they were uh, they were
1: quail's eggs though.
0: Oh, fair enough. Yeah, the quail egg—the mythos of the uh, egg division. I say quail
1: quail's eggs on uh, on uh, hand, handmade sourdough. No, just your uh, just your Warburtons and your your chicken eggs. No messing about.
0: Fair play, mate. Uh, as you know, that I'm totally against that because I'm completely plant based. So I uh, that's that's. That's bullshit, I'm not really. But um, I did have a vegan Subway for my tea. Ah,
1: yeah. Beer and, Meretti, beer and last week, Subway this week. You're a man of means, mm. and they call me posh.
0: A meatless, a meatless meatball marinara. A meatless meatball me, marinara for the man of means. I'm, for me, I'd just say, why not just say meatless ball? <laughs> I think you why know why the... they don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough then. So, two weeks since we we last spoke on, before the FA Cup game. And since then, Tranmere Rovers have gone on to win the FA Cup, according to their fans on Twitter. So, fair play to them.
1: Yep. The open-top bus is booked. The open-top boat on the uh, River Mersey. Yep.
0: Yeah. Uh, after that, we've had... Well, it, it's been a really good sort of past week, certainly. We won at Barrow in the... Papa John's trophy, which is the most ludicrously li- every time they get a new sponsor for that, it it's more ludicrous than the last one. Yeah, and you did you did remarkably well not to uh to in any any pizza puns in there,
1: you know. Mm. I thought you were gonna I go with was... slice of good fortune with the Baxter penalty save, but you you bravely
0: fought against it. Yeah, I don't have that much time on my hands either, so
1: But I agree, we're only one step away, I think, from it literally being the Mickey Mouse Cup.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Disney Disney yeah. Plus or Disney something Plus. like that. Yeah. yeah. It could work it could happen. And then after that, what a week we've had in the league. Oh. Uh a one 0 win last weekend away at Northampton and then on Tuesday night put in Swindon Town to the sword. Oh. A place where we don't usually do that well on historically, including the year that we won the league. We went there on the last day and got done as well. Uh so We're going to go into them in more detail, but as you rightfully pointed out to me on WhatsApp, 100% win rate in the league since the first podcast. Is it all down to us? Well, I'm not going to say that, but uh, yeah, it is. I am going to say that. Um, Also,
1: I was on a uh, Northampton podcast the other day and I uh, used the exact phrase, uh, clean sheets are a swear word in Accrington. And uh, lo and behold, we've uh, kept three in a row now. So, I mean, that
0: just it sounds more ludicrous the more you say it, doesn't it? But hmm. to be winning games and keeping clean sheets... Yeah,
1: winning games and, for once of a better term, dicking teams as well. Um, yeah. Both those wins. I mean, it's not often you win 3-0 away from home to an ex-Premier League team, technically. Um, and it could have been, you know, 5-6-7, an absolute pasting, old-school pasting.
0: It was, yeah. Yeah. Um, So I won't waste too much time talking about the Tranmere game. Another one of those games that finishes 2-1 that could really go either way when Stanley are involved. Um, And I'm not honestly not too fussed about it. Like Coley said before, uh, when we lost in the Caribou Cup or whatever that's called these days, um, Burton and Aki Stanley aren't going to win the League Cup and and Tranmere and Stanley aren't going to win the FA Cup.
1: I mean, it's a strange one because obviously... With the COVID times, the financial boom would have been nice. But from a fan's point of view, I just have no appetite for a cup run where you can't go at all. Um, I said to you, it would have been sods low. We'd got to the third round and got the plum tie and not been able to go. Uh, And in terms of the game, again, first half, we we, we took the pace. We were dominating, uh, got caught by the sucker punch. But end of the day, you know, it's what the FA Cup's about. A famous upset, a famous giant killing. And fair play to Tranmere.
0: Yeah, and they were buzzing on Twitter, so fair play to them. I drink to you lads in the Wirral. And um, they're the
1: only team that could knock us out of the FA Cup and then we still draw them again in the next round. <laughs> it's it's de- I always say it's
0: death, taxes, Trammere in the Cup. Those are your three certainties in life. God, I mean, I have I have literally been there just personally, and I haven't meant to everyone... I have been three times to watches in a cup game there, <laughs> in a cup game three example. times. Yeah, just in a cup game. Yeah, uh, stretching back to I think I think I've even been in like the Johnson's bench row for years ago when it was a seven o'clock kickoff.
1: Yeah, that was the one that was uh, it was broadcast on Satanta for those of us old enough to remember Satanta Sports.
0: Um, oh my God! Yeah, do you know what? That wasn't even the game that I was at. Yeah. So there's another one mixed in there. It certainly, it certainly is. Um, and like you say, it's the uh, it's the Papa
1: John's trophy draw tomorrow so like i say, you know put your money on tram coming out again if i was you
0: Mm, jesus wept can't be doing with that uh yeah so we'll move on for that i mean we're we're under we're under no illusions that we're not going to mention the papa john's trophy well we have mentioned it but we're not going to talk in detail about it until we have the one game or two games to wembley i'd say uh, I got myself really excited last year when we were at Salford and we were two games from Wembley. And then I was confronted by possibly mm-hmm. the most pointless Stanley uh, performance I've ever seen in my life. So I refused to talk about it.
1: Yeah, it was a strange one, that game, wasn't it? Because like you say, I mean, for the FA Cup, you get cup cup fever. Uh, for the Papa John's, you get sort of a slow cup bruise. That sort of, you know, gets bigger over time. Um, And that Salford game, I think we took sort like 800, 800. It was quite a big following, wasn't it? Yeah, we way out. And we went way out of well. And it was just a really insipid performance, really. One of those uh, forgetful games, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I remember coming out of the ground and I was absolutely fuming because I'd I'd got myself so up for it in terms of, right, this might be the year we actually go to Wembley. I don't actually think that we would have gone to Wembley with COVID.
1: Yeah, and I, I, think, I think there's that thing as well. Um, there's only us and Crowley in the 92 uh, not played at Wembley, uh, as far as I believe. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, and, and, and further on from that, uh, there's only a small handful of clubs now that haven't played at the new Wembley. So we haven't played at Wembley at all, um, whereas most clubs have at least been to the new Wembley and the old Wembley. So we are due. Um you
0: never know. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I, I don't want to dwell too much on that performance, but it, it felt like a really wasted opportunity that night because, with that, with with that competition, like you said, to, a lot of the time we haven't had much luck getting out of the group because you play your kids, they play their kids, and it, it's a bit of a flip of the coin. And it just sort of felt like we had a really good opportunity there, and I think Coley was he he was a bit gutted after the game, but then I do look at it and think mm, he didn't really make any substitutions either, so he can't have been that bothered.
1: I think the cup, I think that cup in general is um, a meter stick for how far we've come, really, because in the first sort of four or five years of league football, it was still quite exciting. So I remember, us, you know, taking seven coaches to Leeds away. Um, oh, what a night that was. It was. Well, I only saw 10 minutes.
0: I was ejected for persistent standing. So we I wouldn't... mean, how many others got chucked out that night? They were about
1: And then we, saw, we had some great nights. A 2-1 two, win at uh, Boundary Park, Oldham, I seem to recall. Again, we took quite a few there. Oh, Jimmy um, Ryan scored an absolute peach, mm-hmm. didn't he? And, uh, yeah, for a while we sort of saw it as, oh, this is win three or four games around teams if you're a standard and you're at Wembley. Um, but I think the longer we've stayed in the league the novelty is sort of fallen away. And, uh, I was always a defender of that trophy until the, the change to a group stage and the change to the under 21 teams going in. Um, I mean, you, you, you pay your money, you take your chances. Everyone's got different opinions, but, uh, for me, I'll watch Stanley play against a, an actual team, uh, but I won't pay or go on to watch us entertain some under 21s from, you know, a big club. Um, developing young Premier League players is not our responsibility,
0: ultimately. In my opinion. No, I think that's an opinion that's shared by a lot of lower league fans as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but the powers that be used the money I think just to sort of think think about, weird things. You know, like, like, as I said before, you know, um, going back
1: to the, the late 1800s when the original Accrington FC was formed, no team from the town has ever got to Wembley. We finally got there and you're, you're playing Watford under-21s. Do you know what I mean? It would just take the sting right out of it, wouldn't it?
0: It would, and I think you've seen the mockery that it's made in the last year about, like them under twenty-one teams are getting pasted, aren't they? Um, yeah, they're just getting thrashed up and down. United, more can beat United four nil last night, didn't they? So mm-hmm. that shows you how shit they must be. Well, we did, we did lead seven, didn't we? Seven nil, seven. I think. Have you? Did that United team get beat with Salford easy as well? Was that yeah. something massive? So
1: yeah, so when when you factor that into the equation as well, you know you, you can't even you can't even use the argument that it's giving them experience or it's giving them you know competitive games because they're they're not competitive.
0: Mm. Yeah, especially when in our in our Leeds game, I think we were pr- we were pretty much playing their under 15s because their under twenty ones mm. were um, self isolating. Oh, to yeah, be... Yeah. Absolute, absolute shades of, uh, yeah. You know when Year Seven's ball accidentally gets kicked over to the Year Elevens. I think, yeah, that's, exactly. that's the vibe I got from that game. So that was a that was a brilliant tangent there. Um, but there are thoughts on the Papa John's trophy. Stick to your pizza, Papa John, and even that's not very good. True.
1: Yeah. Unless you want to sponsor um, us for a lucrative seven-figure fee, in, in,
0: in, in which case, superb, great pizza. Always been a big fan. My favourite, all the meats. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, all, the meatless, all the meatless balls. <laughs> all the all the meatless meats. That's my favourite. Yeah. Uh, right then, so to the two league games, starting off with Northampton last week. I mean, I was, I paid my ten pounds to watch the game. I ended up getting there on the hour mark uh, and missed a lot of the fun. But second minute goal. Absolutely carved them in two. Northampton didn't really look up too much in them opening stages, did they?
1: No, like I said, it was a, it was an old
0: school. I can't remember there's there's a there's a, there's a there's a quote in football,
1: a famous quote that people laugh at, where a guy goes, "We we we murdered them one nil." Um, but yes. it was true. We did we did murder them one nil. That that Burgess chance uh, where it hits the underside of the crossbar, I've watched that about seventy times, and I still can't fathom how it didn't go in. Uh, mm. It's like some kind of magic trick. We absolutely. Oh, for the full ninety foot down, massacred them really. If they had took anything from that game, uh, the, the the toaster would have gone in the bath.
0: Yeah, I felt... <laughs> I felt a bit sick actually in them last couple of minutes because I just I couldn't remember a game where we'd been so dominant yeah. and like the midfield had bossed it completely. You know what's coming, don't you?
1: You know. And I coming. just thought,
0: Jesus Christ! And then ninety second minute, Toby runs out, does that little like. Mm. Caught in no man's land, crab shimmy, and luckily for him, ends up falling on the ball. And I just thought, oh my god, yeah. But Pal- um, palpitations. Like you said, the, the scoreline didn't really do it any justice because I don't know. Obviously, it was Dion's fiftieth appearance. He didn't have his shooting boots with him. Probably one to forget for him because um, I think he could have had five on the day. Mm.
1: Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a wasn't a great day at the office for him. Um, as you said, we, we we missed some absolute cities uh, and you're watching the game and the longer it goes on you start to sweat because you know that sucker punch is coming. It's yeah. typical, typical hockey but uh, fortunately we were already out.
0: Yeah, and like, I mean, you know, they, they're not, they don't, I think Jeb Brannan was saying on the commentary he feels like we should be going to teams like that and we should be getting a result because we are a good side. I think like we spoke about last week, um, often that sort of Temptation as Accrington fans to sort of look back at some uh, be, be the ultimate pessimist, I think that does sort of hamper us in our thinking because we were head and shoulders above them and, and it really showed. And even though they'd been playing for yeah, they played four more games than us, but to be to go four points above them with four games behind, I think it shows what level we're working at.
1: Yeah, and you've got to look as well. Um, you know, this is this we've been in League One a couple of seasons now. And you can argue that performing like that against a side that's come up from League Two shows how consolidated we are in League One. We did look a league above them. We did look a much better side than them. You know. Um if you were to watch that game, you would you you would pick us out as being a, a, a you know, a long standing League One outfit compared to them. There's a big difference.
0: Yeah, and if that if that was a cup game, you you wouldn't be surprised to say, yeah, the away side is a league above. Um and it's it's good to see us. I mean, you know, Keith Curl's an experienced manager down there as well. They've got some experienced players. Um, yeah, and, uh,
1: you know, Keith Curl is also
0: the inspiration
1: behind the greatest football flag of all time. Uh, Carlisle United used to have one saying, uh, whoa, mysterious Curl, I want to play 3 5 two. So <laughs> I, used to, I used to enjoy that when we played them. But uh, yeah, he's a wily old fox. He's been around, did well, really, to get them up through the playoffs, really. Um they're one of those teams that sort of have a late surge uh, and weren't really expected to to go up, but he's took them up, and uh, I think they've got enough about them to stay up. But we were just scintillating that day, absolutely scintillating.
0: We were, and we both did bits for like Northampton uh, mm. podcasts and that last week, didn't we? And the one that I did were, you know, make no mistakes about it. They they're confident when they go in against Stanley as well. They they, they want the aim again. They aim to get a result against us. And I think that slowly but surely we are sort of developing into a side where teams teams don't teams realise it's going to be a fight. They don't yeah. recognise as a. Well, an I've, easy always, three I've always wor- i've always been worried. I've
1: always been worried of us doing that. So I, I, I can remember when we used to play, even in League Two, we'd play say Macclesfield at home and Dagenham at home, and people would say I should be winning that. And then you would go, mm. Whoa, well, with Stanley, we shouldn't be beating anybody." Whereas now, I have got that confidence, and there are certain games I will leave mark and think, "Yeah, we should do these." You know, as Jeb Brandon says, we're a we're a good team. Uh, I think for 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 longer standing fans, you know, as you and I are, and we've seen them in the non league, you still have a little five percent of your brain that that tips into little lachy mode sometimes. Um, but like you say, we are an established third tier club. Uh, you know, we're we're a league above a lot of bigger bigger clubs. Uh, we're we're punching up above our weight, but we're doing it with style and. Uh, as i've said this could be a season where we do you know upset a few bookies again i think so anyway
0: i feel like it's getting to that point in the season now where you know if you look at the playoff the playoff years that we had in league 2 the championship winning year that mm. we had 3 years ago now it feels like to me around the 10 game point i feel like that's when we all start realizing actually we might be onto something here yeah. We might not just be involved in that relegation scrap or just fight yeah, at that bottom of the league. I elite. think
1: the news today has come out, hasn't it, that uh, EFL clubs will be allowed five subs as well, um, yeah. which I think will benefit us uh, uh, greatly as well because we've got a lot of quality in that squad now. Um, and if we can keep them fresh and injury-free, which the five subs will obviously help with, um, although I don't agree with the five subs generally in principle, uh, I think for us, again, it, it'll, be a, it'll be a great help. And Cole is all for it, so we'll see how we go.
0: I think the five subs thing is perfectly fine in these times Um, Mm. just during this year. I hope they don't keep it. Yeah, I mean, my my only
1: issue with it is if you're going to do that, do it at the start (laughs) of the season, Um, because what you're doing is, it doesn't matter what it is, any kind of rule change halfway through the season is unfair on certain teams. So if you've already had, you know, brutal games in the past where you're only allowed three subs, or for example, you might have had a game where you've used your three subs and had two injuries. But that you couldn't have five subs then. So that rule change, you know, some teams are gonna get shafted by that. But uh, in principle, uh, you know, long term it's it's a good thing. Just the way you're yeah, going I'm not not a fan of really.
0: <clears throat> well, that's just the EFL in general, isn't it? They don't know their yeah. ass from their elbow sometimes. Um so you mentioned there as well, quality to come back into the side. I'm thinking Ross Sykes is injured at the minute, awakwe, McConville. Mm. Um, Sangara, yeah, he's just training as well today. So there's plenty of people to come back into that team and make them even better. I think yeah. Johnny Russell over the last week has just had his coming of age sort of oh. performance, especially on last pretty. Saturday. It was a great finish life. as well, wasn't it? Yeah, it was under pressure as well for mm. him. A young player running through that early when the team, he knows that the team haven't haven't played in a while. Yeah. It's I, a really think cool as, I think there. as
1: well, we, we haven't really mentioned, I mean, we mentioned that we dominated the player, but the style of football and the swagger was great to see as well. You know, the little through balls, little one-twos, the, the pass and go, it just looked very very polished.
0: Yeah, very professional. We we look like a team that can can really play football now mm. and, and we have done for a couple of years now. Um, people like Pritchard have step, stepped right up into that, that hole left by Clark and McConville and he's the way that he started the season, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets player of the year if he carries on like this because it seems to me that every single move starts from him on the wing. Hmm. And he's just one of them players that loves nodding the ball on, getting it back, playing no, uh, neat little one twos.
1: No, you're right. The Acrintonian Perlo.
0: Yeah. And a decent haircut. I mean, I wouldn't, not my personal taste in haircut, but it's very slick and fair play to him. I think he pulls it off.
1: It does, it does indeed. I'll tell
0: you another thing now as well. We've got a lot of Southerners in the team. I'm yeah, not saying I mean, it's, it's, it's a bad just... thing, but at one point, you know, they were all Scousers, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, I mean... Not anymore.
1: Yeah, I mean... I don't think. I mean, gonna, I've said
0: that like I'm some sort of southern racist, do <laughs> I? I'm not bringing that a point up. You're going to be
1: you're going to be bashing on the uh, writing to the Observer. May as well change the name to Accrington Cockneys. <laughs> you know, ranting and raving. But no, it's uh, we do seem to have cast another bit bit further a field now, and I think a lot of that's Anthony Barry, uh, especially yep. you know with the Chelsea lawnees. He's he's he's, uh, he's sorted us out, hasn't he? Really?
0: Yeah, he has. More on Anthony Barry later in the podcast. Mm. Ooh. Right okay then so moving on to Tuesday night um we're helped early in the game with probably one of the biggest gimmies a goalkeeper has ever given in football. Uh that was Calamitous by I think he was called Fryer the goalkeeper. Uh, I I'd like
1: to I'd like to argue that the, the psychological pressure placed on him by the Stanley strikers forced that to happen. Um but like as you say it was a it was a Christmas DVD um event wasn't it an on goals and gaffs type of thing it was
0: yeah and dion i love that watched it back the dion charles has tried tried to catch it to try and nick the goal Mm. and the ball's gone away from him um which would (laughs) have it would have been nice for him after his performance on saturday to say yeah well i've got two in two um but he didn't quite catch it but then from there again absolutely all over him Uh, Matt Butcher, special word
1: to Matt Butcher, because every time he got the ball, he did something. And he was everywhere on that pitch. Um, We said in the last podcast, he's an absolute Rolls-Royce. He's an absolute coup for us, is that player. And uh, as you say, we we just took the piss. Pass, move, through balls, over the top. We had it all. We mixed and matched all day. Um, They offered very little. Uh, We weathered the storm for about 10 minutes in the second half um but we could have had four or five six you know there a few one on ones a few free kicks saved it yeah. it wouldn't it, it would have come away 6-0 nobody would have been able to complain i think
0: no, they wouldn't, and you, like you say, there we've we've got a really nice eclectic mix at the minute of players like um, you know Pritchard, Butcher in the middle, but then we've got them big players as well that can mm. mix it in set pieces. It do, it does feel like we've got a, a really good sort of yeah, solid yeah. base. I mean, whisper it, minute. whisper it quietly,
1: but uh, it's an exciting yeah. team, isn't it? And and again, a shout out for Seamus Keneally. You know, he, he doesn't always get the plaudits he deserves. That kind of player, that sort of tidy up player, never do. But, um, you know, for winning second balls, keeping the player moving, keeping the player ticking over, in a good attacking team, which I think we are now, you do start to see how good players like that actually are. And he was uh, he was excellent again on uh, Saturday and Tuesday.
0: Yeah, and like you say, Seamus does his job, and then he's got Russell and Butcher coming off him, who can be floor players and make stuff happen. So Yeah,
1: it's very similar to, to, to players like Luke Joyce and Andy Proctor in the past. So your casual observer would say, what, what do they offer? Um, but when they're not playing, you notice.
0: Well, I mean, I have a theory that I, I honestly think that Luke Joyce might be one of the most underrated players oh, absolutely. that we've ever had. You know, t- to not even have a song, uh, well, to not have a decent song, um, <laughs> speaks volumes. And I don't just say that because he has spoken to the magazine. But, um, yeah, I mean... It, just such an underrated footballer. And yeah, Keneally is definitely of that ilk as well. Yeah. Um, nice. If anybody can hear an, any noise in the background, I apologise, but there is an absolute penis outside my um, home who is making a lot of noise. So I might just chuck this wine at his head in a minute. Yeah. But, yeah and I'm it all comes back that.
1: round to the uh, the meatless balls again, doesn't it?
0: Exactly. Yeah. He's uh, He looks, yeah, just judging by his reaction, it looks like they've given him meat by mistake. And this Ancourt's sort of ultra hipster has lost his lost his marbles a bit. Yeah, what can you do? Anyway, there we go. So, yeah, like you say, I mean Johnny Russell misses a decent one on one as well. It could have been more. But we take it all day long. Moving into the next week then, uh, we've got Lincoln on Saturday and then Crew Alex on Tuesday night. Um Lincoln fifth in the league doing very very well but they have lost their last two games um and i think it's a it's a real stern test for us uh if you look at them two games i know i know i know they have been great performances but realistically they're against two sides that aren't going to be setting the world alight i i think in the next week or so we can judge judge the team a little bit more against some quality no
1: i agree i think i think the lincoln game's a massive barometer of where we are as a club Um, if we put in a similar kind of performance and we turn Lincoln over comfortably, uh, I think a lot of people will start to look at us then. Um, Crew Alex is a strange one. It's always been a sort of happy hunting ground for us, really. I only have sort of good memories of of, uh, wins there. Uh, I seem to remember a 1-0 Billy Key header uh, when we were on quite a bad run of form as well, and that sort of turned our season around. that
0: was around Christmas time, weren't Mm. it? Um, And then we, oh, well, the home game. Do you remember the 5-3? Yeah,
1: yeah, but where every goal Stanley scored was spectacular.
0: Yeah. Oh my god, Symes and Grant, forty yeah. yarders or whatever they were,
1: uh, from from ridiculous angles as well. Um, Insane. For those of us, for those of a certain ilk who remember Marco van Basten's goal in the Euro '88, uh, Bobby Grant sort of summoned his uh, spirit for a while. Um,
0: the Spirit of Van Basten in Bobby yeah. Grant, Bobby Van
1: Basten. <laughs> yeah, he you you used to get called similar things by the main stand, but not Van Basten. Um, Yeah, but yeah, we were five one up as well, and a lot of the a lot of the sort of the older guard um, remember the the cup tie. He park where we we lost six one to Crew in well in the FA Cup first round, and a lot of the old guard were thinking, you know, it's symmetry. We're going to do them six one, but uh, two late goals let them back in. But a great game. I seem to remember they had a random um, Icelandic manager. It wasn't Dario Gradi that night and uh, they were all trying to attack him from the uh, from the away end as they were walking off, which is always a sight you love to see on the crown ground.
0: Oh, that is a top-notch one. Port Vale sticks in my mind when we yeah, did Yeah, I it was Jim Gannon, um, wasn't it? It was Jim Gannon, yeah. Um, <laughs> now at Stockport. Um, it
1: would be an interesting start to work out how many managers Stanley's been the final straw for.
0: That's true. I mean, there's been a lot that in Jim the Gannon one, era. they had to... Um, They had to walk him out of the gazelle and straight onto the coach. And then I remember they had this big donkey centre-back who was just awful. And he was fighting with all the fans. That was a good day for my... uh, I was only about 15 then, so it was very exciting to see grown men just going absolutely nuts. Oh, Um, yeah. Um,
1: uh, Always uh, one of uh, the best things. Oh, superb. Another cracker in terms of the way fans going bananas was the the mythical uh, Bournemouth at home. 3-0 3-0 up after 20 minutes oh yeah uh, Roston Griffiths scoring an absolute screamer what a and, goal that uh, was right was. behind the net I remember him hitting it still and uh, again them trying to attack the manager which ultimately paved the way for, uh, for Eddie Howe so in a way uh, Roston Griffiths is to blame for, for Bournemouth's rise to the Premier League
0: in a way is attacking the manager a path to the Premier League more <laughs> to follow who knows who
1: knows I'm, hope, so, I'm yeah. hopeful that other clubs will try it this year because it means well we they can't, can't there's no fans but uh, maybe they'll linger outside on the Eastern Road
0: Raw Milk Podcast is proudly sponsored by Left and Right Creative I can't tell you how much the lads have helped me with Raw Milk since its inception a few years ago all of our fanzines and logos are designed by them everything you see with Raw Milk comes directly from their expertise for simple, effective, creative design, visit leftandrightcreative.co.uk. Right, so, mate, well, that goes our, our little review, and let's go into our memorable moments. Okay, then, so we'll do uh, two memorable moments. I think that every sort of podcast we're going to do like I say, memorable moments, memorable games, memorable players, memorable away trips, uh, days that were memorable for the wrong reasons, perhaps, memorable pitches, absolutely anything that I can come up with basically on the day of recording um, is what we'll do. So for the first one that we're going to do, we have chosen memorable matches. Um, We've done one each. Uh, Gibby, you can do the honours, mate, if you want.
1: Yeah, I've gone for an old school classic, really. Uh, Stanley 2 Barnett 1 uh two thousand and six first first home win, well first win back in the football league, and uh, the first football league goals and points in the town of Accrington for forty-four years. Uh just the whole occasion really and and the symmetry and the sort of poetry of this little mill town, you know, whose team plays from behind a pub, get the first football league goals in forty-four years. And it's a Benin International. That does it. Um <laughs> You, you, you can't you can't write things like that, really. Um, and again, we'd lost... Did he get two, both n- as well? Sorry?
0: Did he get both goals?
1: Yeah, he got both goals, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so we got our first, our first two Football League goals, really, and our first Football League winner, because it was 2-1. Um, mm. The King of Benin. But there's so many small things that stick out. I mean, we'd lost to Chester 2-0 on the opening day, and then we'd lost the first home game to Darlington 2-0 at home. And we looked a little bit out of our depth, really. Um, we, we kept faith with a lot of the conference winning players. Hadn't signed that many players. Um, understandably so, because you've got to give, I believe, you've got to give lads a chance. But, uh, you know, bums were starting to twitch a bit, thinking, was this really our level? Uh, nice sunny day. Uh, all the kids were buzzing because uh, FIFA 07 had come out and Stanley were on it. So just for that one game, FIFA 07 was the front of shirt sponsor as well, as well as the back Ooh, of the shirt. That is it? What a classic uh, little
0: uh, yeah. bead of uh, knowledge um, that is. I'm just
1: looking at the team now. You know, so many wild away at the moment legends in this team uh, Dunbavin, uh, Cav, uh, Rocky, uh, Michael Welch, Liam Richardson, uh, one of the forgotten greats in Andy Todd, um, Craney, yeah. uh, Jay Harris, uh, Gary Roberts, Mullin and Bocco. And then uh, I didn't realise this. For anyone who remembers Julian and Dar, um, the Ivorian Rio Ferdinand, uh, he Christ came in the 90th minute.
0: Yeah. That is a blast from the past. Yeah, it is. So
1: Julian Dar, technically featured in, uh, again, the first Football League victory in, in the time for 44 years. Um, the only slight downside to that day, really, I said to you earlier today, I didn't realise uh, the gate was only 1,600. It, it felt like a lot more on the day. It felt like a big occasion. And it was a big occasion, but, uh, you know, it, that was a bit of a letdown um
0: well that's a that's a theme that sort of follows us around, isn't it? Some yeah. of our best moments have been watched by yeah by media i, I don't around. I don't want to dwell 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 too much on that really because, like you say, we
1: have turned a corner and and the, and the town does get behind us to an extent now um but there were certainly some times in the early football league days where you know a wise man once said to me, Never underestimate the apathy of the Accrington public and it was the case for a while, um, but for those loyal sixteen hundred, it was a it was a great day, not just for the club uh, but for the town. What about yourself?
0: Well, I'm just well, just thinking back. I, do you know what? There's some really major events that I've either missed or I just completely don't remember as a Stanley fan. Um, I've never seen us lift a trophy, even though I've seen I've lived through sort of four promotions as a fan. Either because I've been on holiday, or yeah, I've just been on holiday every time we've lifted a trophy, basically. Um, and I don't, I don't recall that game at all. I don't recall being on the match. I remember the Chester game. I, d- yeah. I don't remember that Barnet game at
1: all. Well, uh, the Chester, the Chester game sticks in my mind because that was the the loudest rendition of uh, Stanley back that you'll you're likely to ever hear.
0: Um, we took because, some serious numbers that day, didn't we? Yeah,
1: you? and like you say, that was that was the day that Stanley back had a you know a special meaning, really. Um, speaking of names from the past, do you remember uh, Sean Doherty or Sean Doherty? Um, yeah, I do. I remember we signed him and he had a great pedigree. He played for Den Haag in Holland and he came from Fulham. And uh, Coley was buzzing, basically saying, you know, if we were still in the conference, we wouldn't be able to attract this this calibre of player. Uh, and it turned out to be an absolute chocolate ankles um <laughs> which is often the case isn't it but uh, yeah the small things like that come back to you when you when you when you look back at the annals of history
0: um it's incredible looking back at stuff like that and what i would say anybody who, who sort of lived through them times or anybody who's sort of young too young to remember that i was only 11 in mm. during that that time but you know com really is it it's really a a treasure trove for sort of looking at images and remembering players and trying to find yourself as a, as a child in the crowd and stuff like that. Uh, I'd really recommend doing that for any fan who's never gone through sort of stuff like that. Um, But yeah, they had really good days then. And of course, like you say, we looked a little bit out of our depth Many thought we might have I remember my uncle, uh my uncle Will Gilmartin, who who's the landlord of the Crown, of course, many of you know. Um, he said to me that when we when we first went up that year, just just went to as many away games as possible, thinking it'll be our only year in, in the football league potentially. Yeah. Uh, little did he know, fourteen years later we're still Spending all of our hard earned cash going yeah. up and down the country.
1: I think because of that, I was very, very close to picking the uh, the Macclesfield game that kept us up as well. Um, that season, like you say, I was, I was only a young lad myself, and I'd, it's only looking back now I realise how much danger we were in. Because I remember we played Mac, it was obviously the penultimate game, and I was in the clubhouse, and people were, you know, people were frantic, people were panicking. Yeah. And I genuinely thought, we'll be all right, it's Macclesfield at home, we'll win this, and we'll stay up. But if we'd lost that game, we would have had to go to a hockey stadium in Milton Keynes and win. Um, So, you know, we'd have been been doomed, really. But, uh, yeah, it was just quite blase and quite tranquil. But only looking back now, if you take away a procky screamer and, and John Miles, you know, is a bit sharper for them on the day, everything could be so different. Small margins.
0: Yeah, and I, th- I think that comes with youth, doesn't it? I mean, we've never really been that close again to, to dropping. Um, no. One moment where I have felt in recent times where I I was shit up a bit was when Fleetwood did his 3-0 at home. Was um, that Big John
1: Parking? Yeah, when Parking,
0: yeah. did he get a trick that day? Um, I just remember I was working in the crown behind the bar after the game and I remember just for the first time, really, as a Stanley fan, just feeling, just thinking to myself, I, d- I do honestly think we might be relegated now. Um, and when I look back at that, we're in nowhere near as much danger as we were. Mm. You know, we, we've never had like a last day, or have we? Uh, no. No, we haven't. Touch wood.
1: I do remember another time I thought we were down. Um, I think it may have been Beatty's tenure. Do you remember we played Dagenham at home on a Tuesday night? And um, we had this initiative where if you were wearing the shirt of another team, you could get in for a tenner. Yeah, I think we all remember that. And uh, But for some reason, it, did, you know, it, it didn't count if you're a Stanley fan, but we'll not go into that. Um, so it was a reasonable gate for Stanley Dagenham, about 1,800. Quite a lot of people who wouldn't usually come. And Dagenham, a wily old Fox John still, they did us 2-1. But again, it, it could have been 4-5, 6-1. And you're looking at it, you're walking away, you're thinking, we're near the bottom of the table. they a side we need to finish above, really. And they've just come here and they've pasted us. And I genuinely went home and thought we're down. We're down. Mm. It's ranting and raving, you know. I hope that whoever replaces us, I hope their town backs them more than ours did. And uh, I genuinely thought that was it, really, curtains. Um, But as you say, we turned it around and we've touched wood. We've never gone to the last day.
0: Yeah, I think, think, like you say, that it, the leagues are littered with sort of nights like that, but luckily they've never been nights yeah. in May. I mean, which, w- you know. would you say you were twitching the first League One
1: season because the Doncaster the Doncaster away win um, that kept us up was, was a little bit unexpected, really? Yeah, um,
0: I d- but again, I don't think I was... I had faith in the side with... We'd got some decent results again, hadn't we? You know, we yeah. little uh, Paul Smith up front, and
1: I think I think a lot of people with that didn't expect the Doncaster to win. Um, but we had Plymouth at home the week after, and everyone thought that would be the that'll be the safety job that one. Um, I, I really do believe the Clayton then kept us up that year. Uh, if you remember the Walsall game where Sight scored, and um, we won two yeah. one. Oh my god! Yeah, uh, it was you know it was a must win, uh, and Coley said you know. We could do with a bit of noise, we could do with a bit of display. um, And the lads turned out for him and uh, sucked the ball into the net. But yeah, there was some, as you say, there were some twitchy bum times that season. But again, I think it's Coley. I've always said to people, I don't think a John Coleman team will ever get relegated. Well, John Coleman accrington team, that is, um, before the pedants piping about Rochdale, which also wasn't his fault, but let's not go there. Um, Mm. I don't think we'll ever get relegated under Coley. There's There's just something about it. Um, but on the flip side, that that makes me really concerned for uh, where well, he does pack up.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, if we could touch on that, I discussed that on, with them Northampton fans last week, and I just uh, I, I do feel uneasy at the thought of Corley leaving because obviously, you know, he's getting on a bit now. He's going to want to enjoy retirement with the mm-hmm. success that he's had, and the the relationship that he has with the club. Um, I you know, I don't think there's ever going to be a football league club. Ever have that relationship again, potentially? Um, yeah, I mean,
1: for what he's for what he's done for the club and for what he's done for the town and for the area, you, you can't underestimate it, really. I mean, you, you've you've got you've got the pals, the bloke who opened the brickworks, and John Coleman. You know, that's the trium- triumvirate of, of people who've done things that have had a had a serious impact on on the town, and his legacy will be felt for for years and years to come, but you do worry about getting a journeyman in, you know, getting a John Sheridan or a Ronnie Moore in, um, who doesn't have that's the think
0: Yeah, because that's the logical step, isn't it? Mm. After a club sort of does that, they do yeah. fill that hole with someone that they think has got the experience. Yeah, well, what, what, what
1: we do, we, we, we'd have two options. We'd have a journeyman, which I really wouldn't want, or we'd have to gamble on a, a non-league manager or a young manager, which again is risky. Um, you look back to Beattie, God rest his soul, And uh, all the contacts he had, and it was still a difficult job for him. Um, But hopefully, that you know, we've got at least another decade of King Corley, we've got Wembley to do, Uh, you know, we've got Wembley to do, we've got Ewood to do, then I can die a happy man.
0: Yeah, I think he's got, I don't think he's anywhere near sort of finished in the short term. I think he's got a lot that he wants to, to do in the meantime, but it is going to be a conversation that's going to have to be had. At some point, but let's hope it's not anytime soon. Yeah, yeah, so, okay then, we'll move on to mine. So we touched on it a little bit last week. um, Our relationship with our good friends uh, in East Lancashire. uh, Sorry, in West Lancashire. We're from East Lancashire. uh, Morecambe. Morecambe FC. uh, We spoke about the Peter Murphy game at length, really, as being my favourite game of all time. But I do sort of have... I do sort of have Morecambe Games etched in my mind because me being sort of from about 2010, being being a 15-year-old... I did want a rivalry and I did see it as a fierce rivalry. Um and the clubs were so intertwined with relationships and players, just one thing over and were they just used to get infuriated because we just used to we just used to do them every time, didn't we? Um so cast your mind back to Good Friday, third of April twenty fifteen. And if I had a machine that did like a dream noise, I guess that's where I'd put it in, like a so, Morecambe are four points ahead of Stanley. We still have a slight hint of possible relegation, but there's seven games to go, and both sides are very much locked in like a almost like a mid-table obscurity. The game doesn't mean much at all. Of course, we've only got sort of like a month, two months left of the season. And we travel to Christie Park. I'm, of course, talking about the game where... Our mate, Lawrence Wilson, who was part of that Chester team, I believe, that beat us on the opening league fixture of all time, skied his penalty, and as you said quite rightly last week, put it into the Irish Sea. Um, the reason that this is a memorable game for me is because there's so many instances in it of just the fact that Morecambe, we did have a do over Morecambe, and no, there was a time when Every single thing could go in their way in sort of in their favor, and they still couldn't get the result. Um, so, like five years ago, this is a time before Andy Alt, just before Andy Alt, and his sort of like his his security that he's brought with his little bit more money. It's a time where the team's full of names that aren't world beaters, but are are names that we all sort of love and respect as Stanley fans. And we aren't playing really scintillating football. We're just sort of surviving in League Two. Probably this is at the time when we're just getting maybe just under 1,000 in attendances at times during Tuesday nights. Um, And only 255 people made uh, made the trip to Morecambe that day when in recent years, when we've been winning, we've took over 700. So I think it just shows that in the fan base there was an idea that possibly... Morecambe, by all means, were a better side than us at this point. They had experienced heads in there. Kevin Ellison, uh, a young Mark Hughes, who has gone on to pretty much be a Stanley legend. And names like Fleming, names that you look back at Morecambe and think, yeah, you know what? They're experienced heads then. Um, and we made that trip, and it's the 17th attempt at beating us in the league. And I watched back the the highlights of it of the game today and it's incredible just how much just how much sort of luck we got on that day. It's ridiculous. Did did you go?
1: Yep, the Wilson penalty etched into the brain.
0: Yeah, it was it was a weird one because I just remember there not being pretty much anyone there and it was a weird feeling. And sort of it was we had a young side, people like Crooks and Windass before they came into their own. Luke Joyce is playing. Uh, actually, I printed out the Stanley team. I'll just run through it. So we've got Davis in goal, Jones, Atkinson, Crooks, Mingoya, Joyce, Anthony Barry, Windass, Calnair Smith, Shea McCartan and Gornell with the starting 11. And then on the bench, we had Buxton, Hunt, Gilchrist, who I have no idea who that is, uh, Maguire, Baruna, Warner and Keneally. Have you got any idea, who that uh... Gilchrist. Gilchrist is.
1: No. I mean I'd forgotten all about Scott Davis, to be honest, in goal.
0: Yeah, so he'd, he'd actually he was on he was on loan with us, wasn't he? He'd actually spent the start of that season on loan at Morecambe. Yeah, I knew uh, it was ex
1: Morecambe. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so he was he was playing against them I in the year. I do remember scene, Rob Atkinson
1: yeah. being handy though.
0: Yeah, Rob Atkinson was decent. Uh, yeah. We had the young centre back Jones, who went on to score the goal as well. Um, but it's a it's a team, a proper. The junior Yeah, of course they are, yeah. and you look at their side. You know, there's people like Kenyon, Paul Mullen, not that one, uh, Podrick Hammond on the bench, Dick, uh, and their their side's pretty much full of Stanley. Sort of Stanley links as well. You've got Hughes, obviously. Um, Jamie Devitt, yeah. Lawrence Wilson himself, and then you've got people like Jack Redshaw, Kevin Ellison. You know, I mean, they, they've decents. always they've always
1: had that tradition, haven't they? Of being sort of the Stanley retirement home, really. I mean, even going forward a few years, players like uh, you know John O'Sullivan, players like that. Yeah, a lot of ex yeah. always always turn up there, don't they?
0: Yeah, that's true. Uh, Peter Murphy as well sticks out for me. He went, he went there, didn't he? Mm -hmm. Uh, so yeah so I was I was I watched back the game the highlights and it's just ridiculous how much stuff happens so I also found a lovely little quote from uh, Lawrence Wilson when he rejoined Morecambe where they said to him oh you've had a couple of seasons away how did that go and he just has this horrible little squirming smile on his face where he goes yeah, two seasons away, but I'm back home now, back where I belong, something like that. And I just think, yeah, you smarmy little shit. Um, do you remember that night in the Crown? I wasn't there. What was actually said?
1: No, I wasn't there either. But um, as far as I can recall, uh, Polton was, shall we say, mildly intoxicated.
0: Yeah, uh, I think it was, it was end of end of season. Do yeah, wasn't it?
1: So they, I think they've been to the Duncan Halls, not they? And then come back to the. Camp. I
0: I was at the do. I just didn't go back yeah. to the pub. Um, and we will get people on in
1: future uh, future episodes to elaborate on this story. It's a great one. But uh, Lawrence Wilson's there, happy as Larry. Uh, Poulton, for those who know him, is mildly intoxicated. Goes up to Lawrence Wilson. More combusted. You are more combusted. But the running joke was every time Lawrence Wilson tried to open his mouth, he would just say more combusted. And shut him down. <laughs> yeah, well, you're not more combusted over and over again. And he could see Lawrence Wilson getting more and more angry and more and more sort of irritated by this. Um, so the story goes that the other players, you know, your, your McConvilles and, the, and their ilk, were encouraging Poulton dumb-babbin. to keep doing it. Yeah. Go on, call him a more combusted again. See what he does. More combusted. Um, and Lawrence Wilson snapped and went, Listen, you, more are a bigger club than Accrington will ever be. Um, which again, as you said, makes that penalty miss probably one of the most delicious moments in football.
0: Yeah, went down like a lead balloon. Um, Mm. So to just run through what happens, so they score on 25 minutes. Uh, Kevin Ellison scores, celebrates in front of us with some venom, uh, as do the full side. He then runs over to Jim Bentley, who gives him a big kiss on the head. He then, after celebrating once again, turns to our fans again and gives it some more. So they were up for it and they could smell blood. That lasted three minutes (laughs) as we then scored a 35-yard screamer, which he never meant to do in a month of Sundays. It was definitely a cross, in my opinion. It was a young Liverpool low but that just makes it even funnier. The keepers scrambling, their fans are silent, they've been in front for 180 minutes. Then, after about 10 minutes of that, it's just chaos. Like, like I said, I'll put the link out to the game, but it's almost shocking just what happens. Like, so so Gornell gets sent off on 41 for snapping the hero of the piece, Lawrence Wilson, in half, um, in front of their fans. And the best thing about it is so Corley's already been sent off at this point, by the way, for scrapping with their goalkeeping coach. So he's already in the stand. And if you've ever been to Christie Park, which many of us will have been, you get sent off and you've got to go up to the like, board of directors right at the top of the stand. So Corley, I remember, was sat like with Bill Olden at the top of the stand. If you look at the video, as Gornell is sent off, he walks down the tunnel and the camera stops, uh, the camera follows him, just on, if you st- if you pause it at 5 minutes 17, there's an old couple in the end, turning around and waving at Coley and like smiling at him. And the look of happiness on their faces as they think that they're now eschewing to break the hoodoo is up there with the funniest things you'll ever see if you know what's going to happen. So so then we get to half-time. We're we're down to 10 men. Basically, all momentum is with them. There's a foul on the halfway line. And then Crooks rolls the ball forward. Possibly a quick free kick. Possibly just rolling the ball forward to gain some yards. Jamie Devitt, ex-Stanley, gets onto it. Takes the ball the full length of the half. Puts it away. Disallowed goal. What are your thoughts on that? Do you remember that?
1: I have no recollection of that whatsoever, but uh, the thought thought of it's making me smile.
0: So he runs off. No one moves apart from the keeper. and It's just him. He puts it away. They're like half celebrating. Referee pulls it back and their players are just going absolutely mental. Because really, when you look back at it, it looks like he has taken the free kick. (laughs) Um, So then second half goes on and it's pretty even with the chances, but obviously we're down to 10 men. So we are up against it. Anyway, then fifty-six minutes, Kevin Ellison again, brought down by Crooks, penalty to Morecambe, and of course their set piece specialist, Lawrence Wilson, who to be fair was was good at corners, if I remember rightly, um, steps up, and you just know after that sort of after that crown incident, after his interview, at the start of the year in front of their fans, this is like his crowning moment, and he just smashes it so far over the bar. It's one of the funniest things I've I remember ever after the game. Uh, would have given them their first win in 17 against Stanley, first ever league win, and you just know that he'd have celebrated over the top. And then if they'd have gone on to win the game, they'd have come right over to us, wouldn't they? Um, and again, watch the video. But Kevin Ellison is even giving a young Josh Windass some grief as he's taking the penalty right in the direction of the camera. And then when he skies it over at bar, Windass just gives him a little dig. Um, but it's just amazing. We didn't win the game, but to just hold on after a disallowed goal like it's so perfect to watch back because they're just such an horrible set of bastards as a as 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 a playing sort of staff that day. Struggling team. Ten men for an hour. Ex Stanley player professed his love for Morecambe when he was th- when he was wheels, misses the penalty. Coley sent off to the smiling fans jubilation. Behaving like animals with rabies, frothing at the mouth. Disallowed goal from an ex Stanley player and they still can't beat us. Um yeah, that's what I chose as my memorable game. Of course little footnote they did go on to beat us a couple of years later and fair play to them. Um, but that is just something that just etched in my memory as just one of the funniest funniest days we've ever had and then actually the assistant goalkeeping the goalkeeping coach who did get sent off fighting with Corley do you remember him walking past the coach I do Yeah, in the car park which was up there as well so one of the better days even if we didn't get a win and, you know, like I said last time, fair play to Morecambe. I wish them all the best, but it's absolutely hilarious when you look at that run of, run of games that we had against them.
1: Yeah, and I think when you when you talk about great games, you could almost do a subcategory of just great Morecambe games. I mean, we've had so <laughs> yeah, many definitely. sort of uh, while away at the hours moments at both Christie Park and the Globe Arena. Um, yeah, we just had that Indian sign over there, didn't we? And everything just went for us every time and you just knew you'd rock up, and you just knew we were going to win. No matter who we had playing for us, we were going to get something that day. Um, yeah. I was very, very close to picking the um, the Dunbavin penalty save, 90th minute. Yeah, because again, no... similar similar to your story, uh, the, the plot is they've done us. They've finally, finally done us. They've battered us. They've knocked at the door all game. Stoppage time penalty. This is a lot of bollocks. They're going to do us with a penalty in the last minute. And then for for Babs who'd been superb all night to just pull that out, ah, uh, you can't you can't script it. Absolute fairy yeah. tale stuff. W-
0: what a celebration that was as well. It is. Oh my god, I remember that. Yeah. So that, the, my my best game ever, the Peter Murphy win, and that Dumb win. You can't actually get the videos of them anywhere. Mm. I remember strange. This is a really weird story, but a few years ago. I so desperately wanted to see that Morecambe celebration when Peter Murphy wins that I actually emailed Morecambe Football Club pretending, I said, I basically said that I was putting together a documentary about Stanley, and I, I wanted to see the clip, and I wondered if they had a recording of the game, and I, I just wanted to see that celebration, I was pretending to be a documentary filmmaker, <laughs> um, they never got back to me funnily enough, but um there you have it. Like you say, for me, yeah, 15 to like 20 odd, it's just, yeah, like it's, I'm going to have to, I do go on about them Morecambe games a bit too much. I will stop No, doing I, it at I agree some with point.
1: you for people of our age. It was the first real rivalry we'd seen. I mean, I'd seen us play all team Barrow and Southport, but I'd never really experienced the the hatred or the, the edge to those games. Um, and for a lot of my, you know, for a lot of our life, we've been a lot better than those teams and left them behind, really. Um so Morecambe was sort of a a rivalry by force because we didn't have a lot of Northern teams left after a while as well. You know, That's true. Um, when we went into League Two, it was you know, Division 4 North. You had your Chesters, your Wrexhams, your Stockports, your Rochdales. But after a few years, there were very few no- no- Northern teams left and uh, Morecambe was really the only game you could really class the derby in, in any way, really. Um, as I've said to you before, I'd quite like to stay in the same league as some of as some of our uh, northern contemporaries for a while, and get something else going. I'd love to get a thing going with Rochdale, not in a hatred way, but just because of how close it is. If we can keep playing a team like that over and over again, maybe we can recapture some of that uh, the old Morecambe feels. Um,
0: yeah, and th- th- them games have I've felt a little bit bigger than usual over the last couple of years, haven't they? Because mm-hmm. they've lost Bury as well. Yeah,
1: sadly. Yeah, but like you say, some real just. Superb memories at the, at the Globe Arena and at, and at Christie Park. And uh, it was a uh, when they had the difficulties last year, I didn't want them to, to go under or anything like that. You know, no. But um, the fan base, the Stanley fan base, it was a bit split over whether we'd like to see them relegated back to the conference. Um, I don't know how you'd feel about that. Would you enjoy that?
0: Um, no, I feel like at the time because it was the year, it was when we won the league, wasn't yeah. it? Um, I do remember thinking at the time it would be funny if they got relegated. But when I look back at it now, if it's going to be the difference between the clubs, you know, the club continuing and their fans actually having a football club that means something, of of course, I wouldn't want them relegated. Yeah. I'd much rather have more come in the league than. Of course,
1: it's, it's good. It's good for Lancashire as well.
0: Of course Just, it is, yeah.
1: To, you know, the, the, as many football league representatives as we can, um, and hopefully we'll uh, we'll enjoy that uh, seaside trip again and invite Lawrence Wilson as guest of honor.
0: Yeah, and if you're listening, Lawrence Wilson, hey, all the best, mate. But um, your prophecy in the Crown that night has turned out to be bollocks. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to Raw Milk. Our theme music is Mr. Powder by Deja Vega. Our producer is Scott Bolton. Follow us at Raw Milk Zine on Twitter and Instagram and Raw Milk Fanzine on Facebook. You can also download, subscribe, and like all of our podcasts at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Up the Reds!